We are presented by WinBet. Benny is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Eric Allen here at One Jets Drive in the upstairs studios, joined by offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. This has been a family business for the Hackett's because your dad, Paul Hackett, the Jets offensive coordinator from 2001 to 2004, how surreal has this been so far? Oh, it's been amazing. I mean, I still remember uh, going to visit my father now. It was in a Hofstra, which was a little bit different than this facility, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, but, uh, no, those were some great years. I mean, Kevin Mawai, Curtis Martin, Chad Pennington, Gerald Soule, I mean, uh, Santana Moss, Anthony Becht, all those guys that uh, Dave Zott, who's in the building with us right now. But uh, I just remember watching those games and watching my dad and all the success that, that was going on during that time. And uh, to be part of it and in the building is absolutely a pleasure. And I'm so grateful. So I tweeted about this the other night. The last time the Jets had a home playoff game was following the 2002 season. When we were just talking about it, that's the last time the Jets won the division. Jets shut out. Peyton Manning and the Indianapolis Colts, <laughs> 41 to nothing. If I had a nickel for every time my dad talks to me about that game. Does he really? Oh, all the time still. When I think when I got the job here, he's like, hey, you remember that playoff game? We beat uh, the Colts and shut them out. I was like, yes, Dad. I've seen it seen it numerous times. <laughs> Were you he there? To me. Were you in the building? I, I was not there, but uh, I remember watching it. I was I was coaching at the time. I believe at Stanford during then, or maybe I, I, was, I think I was actually still in college. And uh, I remember he sent me the tape. It was one of his funnest games that he's ever, uh, ever coached. What are you doing here right now? Because as Robert Sala said, your feet could be in the sand. You could be on a beach somewhere. <laughs> but you decided, hey, listen, this opportunity is too good for me to pass up. Why? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think there's so many different factors that went into it. I think family was the most important thing for me. Um, I, I was able to spend some time with my my family. And I've got kids that are uh, that are a little older now. And we knew at some point we were going to have to move. And we wanted to be sure that we were able to get them through high school. So we knew we were going to do something. We didn't know exactly what, but when this opportunity came up to be able to work with a guy like Robert Sala, a bunch of the coaches that are on this staff that I've worked with in the past, and I know and I believe in and I trust and Rudy and Cotton and Ron Middleton and obviously Robert mentioned before, but um, those guys mean so much to me that I knew that it was a good thing. Being with Scar in the past, uh, just a lot of familiarity. And then it being the Jets place that my dad had been, uh, being close to New York and New Jersey. I mean, there were just so many positive things about it that as a family we decided we wanted to uh, hop right back on it and get going when Robert gave you the call what was your initial reaction <laughs> I thought we were just going to talk and, yeah. and find out about life love and the pursuit and happiness and then all of a sudden it was uh, it was about you know seriously you know becoming part of the staff and uh, he was great throughout the whole process it was obviously an emotional year last year and uh, just working with him and he's a friend that I've talked to I talked to last year while I was at Green Bay um, we've always kept in touch and I've had so much respect for him that uh, he, he was wonderful through the whole thing and it just seemed like it was the right thing to do why did you guys bond back to your days in Jacksonville when he was a linebackers coach, you're the quarterbacks coach? Yeah, I, you know, we hit it off real early. I remember we had a fantasy baseball team and uh, with some of his friends, and, you know, we, we just had a lot of things that were in common, and uh, I, I loved his coaching style. He was very energetic like I was. Uh, so we just kind of hit it off, and, we, we like I said, we had kept in touch since then. Who was a better fantasy baseball player? Uh, he definitely was. Yeah. I, I, I did not do as good as I thought. I just drafted one couple of particular teams instead of going for probably what was the right decision to he, do. He's an ultra competitive <laughs> dude. Did you get he on is, the golf course with uh, him? I have not gotten on there with him, but anything that goes on, we, we've had a couple competitions uh, between the two of us uh, a lot, and uh, it's always fun to compete. Um, 
I'm not going to say who won those competitions, me, but um, it, it's a lot of fun to compete with. All him. right. So did you see head coaching in his future back in the day when you were at Jacksonville? Uh, I, th I think there's so many coaches that you see things like that. You see their energy, their passion, their love for the game. Uh, and I think Robert had all those things. And when he had that opportunity, I became the coordinator of the Jaguars and he became the coordinator of the Niners. Um, I mean, I knew it was, it was going to be only so much time before uh, he would get that opportunity. I mean, just his passion for the game. And like I said, the love for the players and everything is uh, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. You're, you are your own man, but how are you similar as a play caller as Paul Hackett? How are you different as a play caller than Paul Hackett? Ooh, wow. You, I'll tell you, I, the game has changed so much. Yeah. It's my dad called uh, called f uh, football games. He he talks to me all the time about how uh, his whole career he never uh, gotten the gun one time. Every single play he called was from under center, which is amazing. So there's so many different things that we do and so many things that we face. Um, I think that we're always going to have the mentality of trying to be aggressive with efficiency. I think we always want to try to get those those explosive plays. That's something that we're always hunting, uh, but understanding when to uh, capitalize on that and still get a easy check down or a, uh, follow through your progression. Uh, we, we very much coach the same way that way. But yeah. I, I would I would say we're, we're we both were always pretty aggressive. Your dad was a disciple of Bill Walsh, of course. When you hear the term West Coast offense, what's the first thing you think of? Probably Bill Walsh. Yeah. That might be the first thing that, that pops to my head. But uh, the West Coast, and, and a lot of people talk about that. They say, oh, it's West Coast and this and that. And, uh, you know, everybody runs a lot of the same plays. I think the West Coast is based on how you coach the quarterback and how you talk to them about their footwork, their eyes, their progression, um, the different mechanics from the center uh, back into the pocket or in the gun. And I think that's what I'd like to feel as though I'm a true West Coast guy from the standpoint of uh, learning from my father, learning from Alex Van Pelt, who my dad actually coached, um, then just kind of learning through him and seeing the the positives of it and the rhythm uh, and the timing of it. And uh, it, it's, it's a fun, different way to coach the quarterback today. We're going to talk about your quarterback here in a moment, but can you talk about the successes that you had with different guys along the way? Kyle Orton had a career year with you in Buffalo. You talk about Blake Bortles. You guys advanced the AFC Championship game. If memory serves me correctly, you had a lead on New England in that second half. Can you yeah. talk about those experiences? <laughs> uh, I think one of the most fun that I've had throughout my career is being able to help uh, different guys all become successful. And uh, every guy's different. Every single guy I've ever coached, every guy I've called a play for, they're all so completely different. And uh, the challenge for every coach is to be able to fit your system within them and what they can do and how they can do it efficiently. And as a coach, you might love one play, but if a guy can't do it, you have to kind of put your ego aside and do something that that guy is going to be able to be successful at. And um, I'll tell you, Kyle Orton was such a pleasure to work with. Uh, when we were at Buffalo that year and he came in there and uh, we did some really good things and um, it was about him. It was what can he do? What is he comfortable with? What are his favorite plays? And then we try to fit it around him. And the same thing with Blake. Um, working with Blake, I'd been with him for two years, had a great feel for him and uh, you try to pick those things that would make him the most successful. And I think that he really believed in all that stuff. And I mean, that year was absolutely incredible. I mean, just the offense in general was was much better than some even uh, remember. Yeah. And, uh, and Blake did such a great job in the playoffs. And uh, we had a chance. We have a chance. And sometimes, you know, you get up to New England and uh, things don't go your way. But uh, but I'll tell you, it was a heck of a season that year. Did you 
tinker with the blocking system up front because we always talk about the zone blocking, but then you had this straight ahead, big power back in Leonard Fournette. Can you talk about maybe adapting to your personnel? Yeah. When I first started, I was primarily inside zone and gap schemes. So it was all downhill. Uh, That was kind of the the runs that I had learned the most. Uh, I think kind of the last chapter for me to learn. I've been in so many different systems, created some of my own, and um, I really wanted to learn the outside zone world. I always saw some amazing explosive plays, um, some really great play pass actions, and and I never really knew those until I got to Green Bay. And uh, Matt LaFleur opened my eyes to uh, another world of, you know, we had the inside zone, we had the gap schemes, we had all those things, and we were very good at those. But then all of a sudden, here's this outside zone world that, I mean, it's just mind blowing on um, the space you can get for the running backs, the redistribution of the linebackers in the play pass to be able to throw the ball down the field. So I think that was kind of the last thing that I heard, which really made the system that we've got now um, really all-encompassing so that you have the ability to change your system for the personnel that you have to if you can attack with outside zone you can get after it if you need to go more downhill uh, we've got expertise in that now so uh, I think that was kind of the culmination of everything so it's great to have a little bit of everything uh, to to change it for the players when you go to Green Bay how do you establish that connection with Aaron Rodgers obviously you guys are a new staff there they had just finished with Mike McCarthy, this long run. You, as a guy who's going to be in the quarterback's ear every day, who's going to be in the meeting room with him every day, how do you establish a connection? With Aaron and I, I think we both got really lucky. I mean, I think we both have a lot of the same personality. We're both very inquisitive. We both uh, like to know a lot of different answers for everything. And um, I think we just kind of hit it off. Uh, from that and also having the background of the West Coast system. Uh, Mike McCarthy, who's uh, somebody that I have so much respect for um, and care for so much, had trained Aaron and he had come, my dad actually had been with him for eight years. Right. So Mike kind of learned from him. So the same things that I learned growing up was the same stuff that Aaron was trained in early in his career. So we had a connection with kind of the old school West Coast world, the true West Coast world. Um, We also had a lot of that, as I said, inquisitive mindset and, um, we, we just, in the end, have a lot of the same personality, uh, just our humor and everything. And uh, we just hit it off. And it's one of those things. It's it's our relationship is strong now. And um, I'm very grateful for it. Did you know that right away, like early on in your tenure with the Packers that, hey, listen, not only do I have a special player, this is a future Hall of Famer, one of the best who's ever thrown the football, but also that we have a lot of par- parallels and that our communication is really strong. I, th- I think it's you slowly got to learn it as our relationship developed, as we spent more and more time. I mean, the amount of time that quarterbacks and the coaches spend together is extensive. And you know, just over time, we, we kept uh, just getting to know each other more and more and respecting each other more and more. And um, I think for me, the, the, you know, you, you know who Aaron Rodgers is as a player. But I think until you get to know him as a person, I think that's even more astounding. I mean, how great of a guy he is, how much he cares about the team and all those things. Uh, I mean, I just I can't say enough good things about him and my experience that I've had with him. How does he raise the standard of everybody in the building? Just by walking in. I mean, he walks in and, and you feel that aura that surrounds him. I mean, he's a man that has a chip on his shoulder all the time and wants to be great at everything he does. Uh, He's an unbelievably ultra competitive human being. It doesn't matter what you're playing or competing against him. Uh, He wants to do every single thing he can to win and he doesn't care who you are. And uh, I think it's all those things 
coming together and he cares. It's not just, um, I'm a football player, I'm a football player, but uh, it's also he cares about the people around him and wants to get to know them. Jets fans, we're in our final push and the clock is ticking. WinBet is giving you a golden opportunity to win VIP prizes for the 2023 season. The WinBet Green Room is the most exclusive space at the stadium with all-inclusive food and beverage, lower-level seats, and appearances by Jets legends and celebrities. New Jersey customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBet Sportsbook or Casino. For New York customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBet's Sportsbook. The best part? You get an entry for every $100 you wager. Obviously, last year you're in Denver, but what were 20 and 21 like for you in that position? Because I think when people think about Aaron, they're automatically just looking back at last year when he dealt with a number of injuries and still would have posted some of the best numbers a Jets passer has ever had. And this franchise has been around since 1960. But the numbers in 20 and 21 when he's back-to-back MVPs of this league, we're not far removed from that. Yeah, th- those years were absolutely remarkable. I, I remember it was the COVID year, and um, we had just come off the 2019 season. I don't think a lot of people expected us to do what we did that year. And the reality of it is we weren't a very good offense that first year. Uh, we started picking up steam as the season went on. I think it was the Raider game that was a big uh, big kind of push forward when we played them. I think Aaron had one of his, one of his uh, perfect games in that one, and uh, then we started getting a roll. But I would say going that second year, that COVID year, we all sat down uh, and really created a system for who we were. We kind of took all the different things from the West Coast system, the quick game, the drop back world, paired it up with the play pass. And I think we just made this 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 beautiful playbook. It was kind of like the one from Waterboy, you know, that, <laughs> that you hide the playbook. And um, I think it was perfect for Aaron and the team that we had at that time. And it showed on the field. I mean, it was it was magic. I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, we were getting people uh, open all over the field and uh, Aaron was making amazing throws and Devonte was was on another level. Alan Lazar was playing lights out. Bobby Tunyon, I think, had 10 touchdowns. I think Aaron threw for like 48 touchdowns. I mean, it was it, it, it was really a special year, especially when we got into the, the old red zone. We call yeah. it the gold zone a little bit, but um, it, it, it was great. And then 21 was was a lot of the same. It wasn't as dramatic as that 2020, but Aaron was playing lights out. And I think he just knew what we were trying to accomplish all the time. I thought Matt did a great job uh, game planning with all of us and getting the right plan for the guys. And uh, those were two amazing years. I wish they would have ended with a trophy. Well, maybe get one here. Is that the most <laughs> impressive stat above the rest that he's posted throughout his career, the touchdown interception ratio, number one in NFL history? <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, I think that year it was 48 touchdowns. I think it might have been five interceptions or something like that. It was in the single digits. And uh, How's it, he it, able it, to do that, though? You think about yeah. him, and, and I think about a guy who's not afraid of making any throw, of course, and he can make any throw. It, no, that's true. And I think the beauty of Aaron is, is his ability to see the defense and understanding why we're attacking, how we're attacking something. And like we said, we want to be aggressive with efficiency. I think he is that to a T. He's unbelievably aggressive, but he's smart in his decisions. He knows when to take a risk and when not to take a risk. Um, He knows what he sees, so he knows when he can trust his feet to progress and move along the progression uh, instead of potentially forcing something that it might have worked, but there's just 
too much risk. So I think that's what he his assessment of that throughout the game and in real time is pretty spectacular. Have you ever had a week in the National Football League like the week we just lived through? On Tuesday, the trade really became official um, as far as dot and I's crossing the T's. Adam Schefter reported on Monday, but then you go through a draft where the team adds seven players. No, I mean it's it, it was a, it was a long week last week. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's there's been a lot going on, and uh, for it's funny for the, the excitement's definitely in the air, but there's still so much work to be done. I mean, just with Aaron getting to know the players, the players getting to know him. Uh, you know, we're far off, but uh, we're we're going in the right direction, which is all that matters. What do you sense from him walking into the building? Excitement. Yeah, I mean, he's got a smile on his face. Uh, I think he's enjoying himself. And I think that uh, when you can have any player come into the building and be excited to walk in the building, you know they're going to make strides as a player. I think that's so important. If they walk into a building and don't want to be in there or, or there's any kind of adversity, especially in the offseason, you're just not going to get as much out of them, uh, out of the players in general. And so I think for him, he, he's got a smile on his face, like I said. he's I mean, heck, he's been going to all these uh, New York functions and enjoying the scene and everything. So I think that's so important. Especially Has he taken this time in on you? No, he hasn't. Come on. No, he You're hasn't. not trying to get in? <laughs> no, no. <It's, laughs> he gets to go enjoy all that stuff. All right. Uh, what do you think about the draft pickups? You get a center in the second round with a nice mullet, Joe Tipman from Great Wisconsin. Great mullet. Yeah. Holy cow. Carter Warren, yep. uh, left tackle from Pittsburgh. I wanted to ask you about him. Is he in the fifth round? A local kid, running back, explosive. And then uh, interesting flyer in the seventh round from Old Dominion and Six eight and can run like the wind. Yes, no. There's there's definitely guys we're excited to work with. Uh, for me, in my experience, you're always excited about rookies on the outside because of all those different things that you say, those those stats and all that. But the game changes so much in the NFL. Um, so I'm very excited to to work with them, and and we'll see how fast they can pick it up and adjust to the speed of the game. How much can a guy like Rogers help Tipman as he makes his transition? Uh, Tipman is going to have a unique experience with yeah. Aaron. Aaron is very particular in a lot of things, just like everybody uh, on the field uh, in that huddle. Um, we'll see. Um, he's a guy that knows <laughs> knows how he wants it, what, what it looks like, and uh, he's going to do everything he can to get it to that place. How much can these other guys with familiarity with your offense be of help to you? Not just what they do physically, but when you're talking about a guy like Alan Lazard, or a Billy Turner who's going to be added to the mix, the offensive lineman, um, you know, Tim Boyle in that quarterback's room. How much can they help you uh, with your messaging? I mean, it's huge. I mean, one, they know me. They understand me and how I kind of go about my business. But um, I think it's great for me because there are certain things. You, there's so many details just in one football play in one thing. When you get up in front of the group, you explain it, you teach it. We try to go through all the intricacies. We're kind of crunched on time because you want to do so much and you might skip over things. And I mean, Alan's already got raised his hand and corrected me a couple times, which I appreciate so much because it's about all of us being on the same page. So when you have more people that have been around the system, understand the system, uh, they're going to catch those little things. And maybe those, that little tidbit that might be the difference between a good play or a great play or a bad play. And uh, I think that's so important to have guys like that. And Alan's done a great job. Aaron's done it already. Uh, Billy will do it. I mean, it's so critical to have people like that. Lazard said... Nathaniel Hack is the best teacher I've ever had, whether that's football or elsewhere. Alan Lazard, he's been around. I mean, not saying that he's old by football terms, 
But I mean, this is a guy north of 25. So he's had a lot of teachers over the years. What do you think? What's <laughs> what kind of response do you have that uh, to that when you hear a, a guy like Lazar speak in that manner about you? <laughs> I love you, Alan. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, you know, I it's it's one of those things I, I I've seen so many people coach. I've seen been with so many different teachers myself. And you look back when you were a kid. Um, whether it be, you know, youth or high school or college or whenever that time was, and you think about your favorite subject. And uh, the funny thing is a lot of the time your favorite subject was because of the, you, that was the best teacher. It was the teacher that taught with passion, excitement, and it might be something that's very trivial, but they made it exciting. And I think that for me, when I started doing this, uh, that's what I wanted to do. I remember watching my dad install, uh, and, and there's this, these lines up on the paper and, it was just a basic corner route or a seam route or just something very, very simple. And he would talk to Santana or Lavernius Coles or Wayne Crepet and, hey, this is you and you're going to do this. And I mean, I'm just like, wow, like you could see it come alive. And back then it was just the overheads, you know, the right. the clear things there. And he's got his markers and he's drawn it all up. And uh, it just I saw things come alive. And I looked back to, you know, the teachers that that I've had in my past throughout throughout learning and you know, you just realize you got to bring that passion every day and, and you can't just install one play and every single day and be monotonous and just, hey, this is what we're doing. I mean, you got to bring some juice to it. You got to try to spice it up. You got to let them see themselves dominating and doing what they want to do out on the field. And um, I think that's something that I like to bring every day. I like to do for those guys because I want it to be fun. I want them to be excited, not know what's going to happen when we're in the meeting room. So that like we talked about, so that when they walk in the building, they're excited. They don't know what's going to happen because then they'll get better if they want to learn and want to grow. Yeah. Specifically, how do you keep it fun though? Because the guys talk about games you have and challenges <laughs> inside that room. Oh, we, we're nonstop. I mean, we'll utilize all kinds of things. Uh, you know, I, I have somebody that we, we brought here, a guy named John Vieira. That was, he was actually a high school teacher um, for a lot of years. And he was showing me things that he was using when he was teaching AP bio in high school and how he was making it creative. Cause it's the same thing for teachers across the board. Like they have to do the same thing. How do we make this information interesting each week? And, you know, seeing the different things that he utilized opened up my eyes to a whole new world of, um, making it fun, having a, we've got all kinds of different things like cahoots and, and, uh, we have different interactive playbooks and stuff. So they watch it and it's a YouTube tutorial. I mean, just anything you can spice things up so that they want to look at it because otherwise people aren't going to want to look at it and they still might not look at it. I don't know. They, they, they tell me they do, but, um, you know, just, just as many games, as many things that they can test themselves and enjoy themselves and you make it very competitive. Where did that relationship develop you and John, who, if you go to the Jets website, he is the team's instructional designer? Yes, we, we've known each other for quite a while. Uh, we were together uh, in college at one point. It's funny looking. UC Davis. UC Davis. It yeah. was uh, so John and I uh, lived together along with Ejero Evero, who's now the defensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers. So it was a pretty good house. Uh, <laughs> so, some good football minds there. But uh, so, so we had known each other. We, John and I majored in neurobiology together. So I I was working with John for school, um, and then I would go with uh, Ejero for football. So those were kind of my two best friends in the world that I was always with, and we've always kept in, in contact. Obviously, Ejero and I were lucky enough to be with each other last year, and John came with us. So it was all three of us, and John was the one that was able to communicate to us and show us that crossover of taking the different world of football and putting it into this 
gaming slash uh, learning environment that is kind of what's going on in today's world. I mean, people have their phones, their iPads, all those things. So you have to, as, as a coach, you have to adjust, you have to adapt. In any way, we can have the guys learn things faster, understand what they're supposed to do uh, better. You're going to try to do that and get that advantage. You're a unique dude for a number of reasons, but UC Davis, neurobiology major. Yeah. Yeah. What were you thinking? Yeah, I, there was a time I wanted to be a doctor. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I always tell people if I could have um, done surgery on the 50 yard line with 80,000 people watching it, I probably would have wanted to do that. But uh, instead, now I'm a coach. Yeah. <laughs> it's both very hard. But I, but, uh, but no, it was, it was the hardest, one of the harder majors in Davis and uh, absolutely loved it. it. It was, it was a great experience. That's amazing because, again, I've talked to a number of coaches over the years. I don't think anybody was normal. There's a couple that have some good really? ones. Oh, yeah, there's a couple. Yeah, I mean, they got interesting backgrounds. There's some engineering guys. Yeah, but like that, not but neurobiology. Yeah, I would. No, it was fun. I, I It would have been fun to be a doctor. Just imagine me walking in doing surgery on you. <laughs> <laughs> You'd probably go the other way. All right, um, the run game. You talked about your red zone successes in Green Bay. This is a passing league, but how much emphasis do you put on the run as, as far as attacking defenses? Quite a bit. I mean, you have to be balanced. It's funny looking back at that year uh, that we, that Aaron threw all the touchdowns, a lot of those things were on run alerts. Uh, we had a run called, and there was an advantageous look, so he was able to take the, uh, the easy completion, and guys were in space and able to make big plays. So, uh, you know, I think that you have to be balanced in this league. You can't just do one thing because you never want a defense to be able to just shut one thing down. And um, I think even when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers that you want to go back there and throw the ball every single play, you have to make them honor the run because if they honor the run, it's going to make it better for Aaron. So uh, I think as, as long as everything's playing against each other and they don't know exactly what uh, they're going to see, I think that's the most important thing. So there's a place for both. You didn't know 100% if Rodgers was going to come here when you took this job. It's like, I'm going to be Jets' offensive coordinator. What did you like about the personnel when you entered and when you when you see the guys as far as wide receivers, the backs, and then obviously the offensive line? What did you like about this unit? Yeah, there were so many great things. I mean, it's a young team, a young group, and uh, they did an amazing job drafting. Uh, last year, and uh, I think that every team you walk into, you're always excited about what you've seen on tape. Um, but we'll really never know until we're out on the field in the meeting rooms and continually talking and conversing and getting to know each other. So um, I, I think there's definitely a, a ton of young talent here, uh, a lot of good football players, and I'm excited to work with them. How can Lazard help? And you talked about it before, but specifically Garrett Wilson, who would 1,100 yards receiving last year, and the Jets played four different quarterbacks. And then McCall Hardman Jr., a multi-dimensional threat who comes on board after playing the last few years with the Chiefs. Uh, all those guys. The, the good thing about those guys is they're all specific in things that they can do, but they all do a little bit of everything. So it's not that we have to just pigeonhole one guy into one thing. Uh, so I think it's going to be really fun to be able to uh, move those guys around, have them line up all over the place so people can't track them and uh, motion them and hand them the ball or, or throw them the ball or have them throw. I don't know. I don't know if there's enough time. It's going to be so exciting. Um, but, uh, but no, they're all great, great men, and I'm, I'm enjoying getting to know them. And as we get to know them better, we'll, we'll know where to put them. And what advice do you give to the receivers who are playing with Rodgers for the first time? 
uh, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And everybody's always live. I think that's something. Whenever you put a play up there, there's we put a one on the number one receiver, a two on the two receiver, a three, um, and then there's other things across. But in the end, uh, you know anybody can get the ball at any time. How cool is that as a play caller, though? Knowing that you essentially have an extension of yourself out there on the field. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's it's just great to be with him and and knowing the man he is and how he operates every day. I'm 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 lucky to be with him and uh, know that we're always gonna have a chance. What's the off season now like for you guys? What we've entered phase two. What do you have to do here? before you guys depart for a couple weeks because you, you're coming back to camp early this year. You got yes. the Hall of Fame game, but what do you got to get done before the end of veteran minicamp? Yeah, I mean, it, you start from ground zero when you have a new system. So, I mean, just how we set the huddle, how we work through the cadences, the different audibles, the checks, everything to just the basic formations, the motions, the shifts. I mean, there's so many things that you have to go over as a first year group and staff. And um, our coaches, uh, you know, for our staff has, have done a great job because they've had to learn it too. You know, we've, uh, Ron, I, I have been with, uh, but we've got so many other guys that are kind of trying to pick it up and they've done a great job picking it up. And uh, now it's just getting into that information, the players and finding out how much they can retain, how much they can learn. Um, we want to try to give it to them numerous times uh, from now until uh, the season starts. So they don't hear the first install just one time. They hear it uh, in phase one, they get it in the phase three world, and they get it in training camp. So uh, you're just continually teaching the system because uh, you want them to be able to go out there and play and not have to think about what they're doing. So it's about uh, their learning progression here until that first game. How much can this defense help you guys, you know, as you look ahead to training camp and stuff like this? Because, uh, because, this is a top five unit across the board in most metrics last year. The one step that they want to take this year is takeaways, of course. But when you look at the personnel at all three levels, yeah. if you can have success on the practice field, I got to imagine you're going to have success on Sundays and beyond. Oh, no doubt. Defense wins championships. I mean, that's something that's been said for a long time. Um, offense scores points and gets people all fired up. But um, you have to have, in the end, you got to have a good defense that's going to be able to stop the opponent. And, you know, to have this kind of a defense on the other side is, is, is very exciting. And the fact that we get to go against them every single day and get tested by a defense at the, of this caliber. And, I mean, they have some very good football players. Went against them last year while I was at Denver. And, I mean, it was a challenge. I, I, didn't, I didn't sleep well uh, knowing uh, the different guys that we were going to have to block. And uh, we gave them a run for their money. Came down to the end there. But, uh, but I'll tell you, it, it's, it's great to have. A complimentary defense your enthusiasm is authentic how pumped are you for the opportunity ahead i mean this is old hat for you being in the national Fo football league but as far as this experience this chance that you guys have oh, i mean it's anytime you have a chance to be a football coach in the nfl you're grateful and it's you know how hard it is to get one of these opportunities and and you're just so thankful and uh to be in uh new jersey aka new york city That's right. uh is just unbelievable i mean it's the biggest city you know in the world and it's uh, everybody looks to it and uh i mean now we got to put the work in and we got to put the work in to be able to live up to those standards that we all want and that we've all uh said we have and uh but there's a lot of work to be done Nathaniel, appreciate your time today, and you got to let us know when a pops comes to town. Will do. Yes, he's come by once, uh, but he'll be he'll be driving down here pretty soon. <laughs>